Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Uh. Browning, brunning, bruning. Pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby, go. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. I am your host, Matt Bruning. You can find me on Twitter at SportsFanaticMB. Be joined today by Dennis Bennett, who you can follow at Culture underscore Coach, Mr. Tony Dyer, who you can follow at CommissionerMR, and Matthew Fox, who you can follow at Nighthawk7734. We are proud to be a part of the Drive-In Podcast Network, a ton of great podcasts, not all fantasy football related. You have us and the Debbie Delight for your your fantasy football taste for your entertainment the music city drive-in 50 year old music with 50 year old white guys call me by your commentary film optics geek vibes radio and top 10 with tia you've also got a skates to throats a hockey podcast and wrestling geeks alliance we're a, t- a great podcast group. Uh, it's been a lot of fun being with these guys a growing network if you guys want to check them out go to music city uh, podcast, or you can drive go to musiccitydrivein.com. Again, it's an awesome network. We're glad and thrilled to be a part of this growing group. Uh, it, it's definitely been a lot of fun. So for today's podcast, as uh, many of you know, if you've been watching live or listening, I'm about to go on vacation. So we wanted to have a nice, easy episode, just talk about a little bit of NFL news, and then we'll break down our Scott Fish Bowl rosters. <laughs> All right, and we are live on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and f- I already said Facebook. Man, I always mess that up. Uh, we are brought to you guys by the Drive-In Podcast Network. You guys just heard the script there. <laughs> uh, we've got Dennis and Tony with us right now. Hopefully, Matt will be able to join us in a little bit. He had some work stuff going on. Tony, it's nice to see you again. How you doing today? Doing good. Nice to be back. I bought two kayaks today. That's exciting. Nice. Go. Yeah, we've been renting kayaks for years now. And finally, I was like, you know what? You know what? Actually, we went. It's crazy. With everything going on, kayaks are sold out. Like, I never would have thought this in a million years. You find them online, and inventory systems aren't what you want them to be because, like, online it says they're in store. And you go there, and there's not a single kayak in all of Denham's. Like, there's nothing. And then you go to Dick's Sporting Goods, and there's nothing. And Cabela's has nothing. And, and the worst thing is seeing all the racks where the kayaks that you would have bought have already been purchased. And so you just have to keep going. Like you have to keep going to the next door. Finally, we found actually it worked out good. We find a, a small local shop that we rented the kayaks from in the past. We just bought some from them. So that was pretty nice. But we got our kayaks. We're good to go. I'm ready to, to get in the water. Very nice. I ran into that same thing last week, building a deck for the pool. It was nobody in Columbus had deck boards. I had to drive 45 miles to Chillicothe to get deck boards. Yeah, that's crazy. 
guys are you guys are doing life wrong. You just got to stay home all the time. That's what I do. It's just so much more easier. No driving. I can't. No I, can't <laughs> I can't stay home anymore. I have to do I something. Really, you know, well, I I had to build the the pool deck, so you know we had something around the pool to make it easier to get in and out of. Ah, you just jump. Well, yeah. you know, my mom is seventy five years old. She well, she can jump in, getting in and out. She got a sprain her step. I'm sure she's just she, uh, she'll be oh, fine. How you doing? Shit, that's for sure. <laughs> Dennis, you had something you wanted to to read here. Oh, show? yeah, I, I, um, you know, this is a this is the season where we're we're all wrapped up in doing good things. You know, we're we're all about Scott Fish Bowl today. Um, you know, there's the Down Under Bowl going on. Uh, drafting with Giants, I think, has a big charity component to it. The, the Sal Lito and the SFB Potathon. You know, another thing that uh, just came across my desk today was uh, Gridiron Experts uh, Hunger Bowl 2020. Uh, Aaron Sopchak at Aaron Sopchak uh, on Twitter, A A R O N S O P C H A K, is putting together the Hunger Bowl to raise money for No Kid Hungry. Uh, according to the USDA, more than 11 million children in the U.S. live in food food insecure homes, many depending on federal food programs to provide them with meals through nutrition programs. These are like WIC or these are school meal programs. But due to COVID-19, many of them have been left looking for other sources of food due to school closures. Uh, here's where No Kid Hungry steps in. You know, they're raising money with this charity and all of it's going uh, the Hunger Bowl. Uh, a charity football tournament will see that all proceeds go directly to No Kid Hungry via their fundraising page. Uh, and they've got some really cool prizes to, that if you get into it, uh, you can win a signed Love Bell jersey, a signed DJ Moore jersey, signed Alvin Kamara jersey, signed Allen Robinson jersey, signed Devontae Adams jersey, uh, and my favorite, the signed Kenny Galladay jersey. Um yeah. If you're interested, it's going to be on sleeper. One quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end, one super flex, six flex positions. So you can literally, uh, this one's for you, Matt Kelly. You can start seven running backs if you want in this league. Uh, reach out to Aaron, get yeah. in, make a donation to No Kid Hungry. It's a great cause. Uh, we'll see you around there. Aaron's a good friend of mine. What did you say? How did you describe food sensitive or what was it? Food, food? insecure. I grew up very food insecure. I grew, I grew up on the programs that you just mentioned. Um, and I remember, I mean, even all the way to, this is totally different, but like random Christmas presents under the tree, like with handwriting you didn't understand and the paper didn't match, like the whole thing, you know, I grew up with right. that. So I'll go ahead. Let's make it, I'll make a $250 donation to that right now because awesome. you brought that up and, and Aaron is a good friend of mine. So I'll reach out to Aaron and make sure that we get that put to the right place. I'm not, I can't be a part of the league, but I'll make a donation to that. Um, Aaron's a great friend of mine and he, and he's a part of, I didn't realize he was making memes in the Scott Fishbowl memes, like with, with the at Scott. The Fishbowl Avi makers. Yeah. The Avi makers. Yeah. yeah. Memes, not memes. I'm caught up on memes, but yeah, <laughs> I'm in. That's a great cause. I'm in right on. That is man. That that's, you know, you gotta help take care of it. I've talked about it before kids. We, Kids can't fend for themselves, and there's certain things that they can't do. They can't help the situations that they're put into, and we have to do our best to help take care of them. So I'm, I'm right there with you guys. It's a great cause. If you guys can, donate, jump into that, and help out because it is definitely a worthy cause. 
So as you can see down here at the bottom, scrolling across the screen, we are going to be talking about some NFL news. And then, uh, as Dennis already mentioned, with the Scott Fishbowl stuff going on, we're going to talk about our team. Just a nice, easy episode today is I will be getting ready to go on vacation. And we didn't want to dive too much into some of the other stuff we've got going on. Uh, so for the news, I want to start with uh, one that, Tony, you talked about. And I, I – uh, Quote, I've talked about where we were talking about it. Miles Garrett, I've got a little nice little thing here on the bottom of the screen because I, I love it. it. I love the Browns paid him. Uh, but Miles Garrett gets a uh, five-year extension, so he will be with the Browns for the next seven years because he's still got two years left on his rookie deal. I thought it was a great move by them. It guaranteed him a lot of money as well. He's got full injury guarantees, and he's guaranteed $100 million out of the 125. So he secured the bag as the kids say i believe that's how they kids say it all that may have been an old past thing but uh what do you guys think about miles garrett getting paid here for the cleveland browns and being paid as one i think actually the highest paid defensive contract now in the nfl well he he's really started to come into his own as a dominant defensive lineman uh helmet swinging incident aside uh He's a foundation piece for the defense, plays the run pretty solid, gets to the quarterback, and he's young. So you want to try to lock those players up. The Browns are, what, two years ago, two years away from having the most salary cap space in the NFL. So the, they're two years away from trading uh, a fourth rounder for a second rounder and Brock Osweiler so they could eat, like, what, $20 million of Osweiler's contract because they had so much contract, so much cap space. So they've got a guy in charge now, Andrew Barry, that's part of the Sashi Brown tree, very good with the numbers. Uh, and if he thinks that it's a wise investment right now, I'm going to ride along with it and see. I love Garrett's game. He plays hard. He plays tough. He doesn't take plays off. So, you know, let's roll. Let's put Vernon on the other end, Ogan Joby in the middle, and let's wreak some havoc on that quarterback. You nailed it, Dennis. There's nothing else to add. He's a dominant presence. I mean, he's just a young, absolute stud. And you, you got to pay him. I mean, it's it's a situation where you can build a, a new foundation. You can start over again. For all the decisions with the draft capital and things that I have questions about with the Browns organization, I think they really could improve there. This is a good sign. I mean, this is really a sign that they're looking at this football team and they're recreating it from the ground up. You know, let's get let's be defensive focused. And and of course. Okay, don't let's not get lost. We've got Odell Beckham, we've got Jarvis Landry, we've got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Like, I'm not pretending that doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter if if you're expecting Baker to throw the ball 45 or 50 times a game because he can't stay off the field. It's incredible, and I and I think that the contract makes a lot of sense. Everybody wants to latch on to the fact that he blew a circuit and hit Mason Rudolph in the head with a helmet. I get it, man, and I I totally get it. But if we're gonna do that then we got to talk about a whole bunch of other players. Cream Hunt can't be there anymore. I mean, we could just look just at the Browns and just pick that team apart one player at a time down to half a roster because of stupid, stupid, stupid mistakes. I think well, and everybody fun. else in the AFC North would like us to do that too. Well, of course they would. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with both of you. I loved it. Uh, you know, I think, 
you know, there's obviously all the stats. And again, we, we've mentioned it a couple times here with what happened with him in Pittsburgh and Mason Rudolph. He, he got suspended for the rest of the season, uh, but he was on pace to break the racks, the, the rack record, the sack record last year with the way that he was going. I know his sacks don't look great if you look at it in total, but last year he really started to come on as a truly like superior defensive. And he's not Aaron yeah. Donald. Uh, but I think he's in that rung right below Donald. I think Donald's clearly the best, but like Chris Jones, who we'll talk about here in a minute, you know, I think Garrett's a little bit better than him, but they're in that same tier. I love that they're building around a guy like him because I do think he is the future of the franchise. Now you've got a guy like that locked up for seven years going yeah. into his prime and probably a little bit after, but I'm fine with that. You, 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 you extend these contracts out the way that you do. So as a guy like Andrew Berry, who's as smart as he is, can kind of mess with the cap and you at least know what's coming now for the next seven years. You, know the money that you're putting into miles garrett i think it's a great move you got a lot of other guys coming up here soon in baker chubb denzel ward you know are you going to pay odell and landry coming up in the next couple years so there's a lot of different things going on but i love the move i love them them showing the love to a guy like miles garrett who from everything again being as big a browns fan as i am i pay attention to all that stuff as big of a leader as he is in that locker room, I think it was great for them to to show him some love and pay him. So I love the move by them, uh, and I think it's a great move altogether. Uh, so another defensive player that I just talked about, Chris Jones, he got paid. I was kind of surprised by that one. Obviously, they just showed, uh, gave Patrick Mahomes the half-a-billion-dollar contract. I did not think that they were going to have enough money to sign Chris Jones. I think – Doing that just makes them the favorites in the AFC again with having that guy, especially as good as he was. Uh, so what were your guys' thoughts on Chris Jones getting uh, getting paid as well? My thoughts are brief on it, and it just it's exactly what you said too. I hate to seem cheap and say that twice in a row, but I didn't think they'd have the money. And yet here we are. Now they got him, and I am at the point where I feel like, and maybe this is insanity, the Kansas City Chiefs are likely the favorites, and they're my favorite. Okay, I'll just say it. I think they're the next dynasty in football. And by adding Chris Jones and by keeping him, it keeps the whole, t- it keeps the team, the unit and as one. And so had the defense started to crumble, then I would worry about Kansas city, but it's amazing how they've done what they've done. And Chris Jones has got to be a part of Kansas city. If they want to have another major push into the playoffs, like they did. You know, he's, he's shown that he can, from the interior of the line, he's, a top three guy getting pressure on the quarterback. So you, you want to lock, lock that guy up and, and keep him. He's not old. So you have to, I'm a believer in you build teams from the inside out. Then you put the stud quarterback in there and then you keep it together as long as you can. And then you have to start over because at some point, I know they've got Mahomes locked up for the next 10 years. We're going to have to see what happens with the salary cap. If there's uh, uh, revenue reductions, does that mean the salary cap goes down? It, it, it'll be something very interesting to watch, but I'm all in. I'm, I'm all for uh, them locking up Jones. It, it's, it's a smart move in my opinion. I don't know how it's going to affect when you have uh, other guys coming up here in the next year or two with renewals. Uh, you know, I, I think Kelsey's got some time, a, a couple years left, but he's going to be what, 31, 32 years old. How much money are they going to invest uh, in, in a tight end at that point? Tyreek Hill, I think he's got two years left on his, his deal he signed recently. So, you know, and he's only getting better at this point. And then who's to say what's going to happen with Edwards Alaire? Uh, granted, running backs don't matter, uh, but 
if Edwards Alaire is putting up, if Edwards Alaire is putting up ninety catches and eight hundred yards rushing, you know he's going to be a perfect fit for that team. So the they have to, you know, you need smart guys in that front office working salary cap magic. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, with Alaire, you've got technically five years with yeah, that kid in the first hmm. round to pick up the fifth year option. I mean, they've got him for half of McCombs contract at least. So right. they've got time to, to figure out what they want to do with them for sure. All right. So the next one, this was very interesting to me and I'll, I'll let you guys go first. Cause I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it, but I think I, I'm really starting to really like this deal in the end. That was Derek Henry. He gets a four year, $50 million contract. 25.5 million guaranteed. What are your guys' thoughts on Derrick Henry, who I think outside of, of Chris Jones, I think they those were the two that nobody expected anything to get done. And then they both got done on a right, I guess deadline day, whatever you want to call it, uh, before they had to sign their for a play on the franchise tender. So your thoughts on Derrick Henry and the Titans. I I predicted that they would sign Tannehill and Derrick Henry would have to play into the franchise tag on the Huddle Up podcast. I mean, that's just what made all the sense in the world. I don't understand the contract. I get I get Derrick Henry's talent, and I understand that his side and his and his speed, that that combination is so unique, the strength that goes with it. I mean, there aren't very many players in football like Derrick Henry, and I totally understand that. But I feel like we I've, I've learned my lesson from Todd Gurley and Devonta Freeman. And, I mean, we could, we could keep going back to running backs that got contracts that they just couldn't live up to. Zeke, one of them. The Zeke contract isn't working, and, and and it's only been a year, so maybe maybe it was because he wasn't with the with the team. It took him some time, but year after year after year, Zeke's less productive than he was the year before, and it does scare me. We talked about this on the on this podcast before. I wish there was a way that we could we could offer these running backs contracts that were heavily incentivized early in their career because it doesn't make sense to me to pay Derrick Henry. I don't want to pay him. I don't even want to like. I get that. There's not just like any – you can't just put Marlon Mack from, from my Indianapolis Colts. You can't just put him behind that offensive line and pretend you're going to get the same efficiency. You're not going to. So I'm not trying to devalue Derrick Henry, but I'm saying what it costs the team just doesn't make sense to me. And I wish there was a way that we could, that we could pay these guys. Like we just talked about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. What if he has 60 catches a game? I mean, 60 – oh, God, that would be incredible. 60 <laughs> catches a season for five seasons on his rookie deal. I mean, that's, come on. At some point, this, that system is broken to me, um, and so I didn't like the deal. I thought it was too much money for a running back, and 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 I accept the fact that he is great, but I just thought it was too much money for a running back. Well, it is a lot of money for a running back for the next two years. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, 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 yeah. It's the truth. Yeah, and, and so in two years, what's going to happen? AJ Brown is going to be up for a contract deal. They can get out of uh, his uh, out of out of Henry's contract uh, after 2021 for six million in dead cap. So that's that's a fairly reasonable out. Um, and he'll be what he'll be go- 27 then. Yeah. I, to me, I, I look at it and I'm, I'm thinking even if. If they're not ready, they they they'll be able to get out of it after 20, 2022, Still with six million in dead cap, so they front loaded it. They gave him a bunch of a bunch of cash up front in the signing bonus, and then they made it four years to spread it out. Well, 
once they get past these next couple years, it's the hit isn't going to be that drastic. Now they have, uh, you know, Derrick Henry is a Mike Vrabel player. He's big. Yeah. He's burly. He, you know, he's a hammer. To Mike Vrabel, it seems like every problem is a nail, and he's a hammer. That's how he. That's you know, he he's a a, a man's man, burly, never smiling, growling around the field, and Derrick Henry kind of fits that with his play style, with that hammering it up the middle. I mean, you can't hammer it up the middle with Deion Lewis. You can't. You can't. That's what that was. Yeah, you're right. You're so absolutely right. They they've got a match for their play style. At some point in his career, uh, Vrabel will adapt his style to the players he has. Well, right now he's got this the, these style of players. This is what he's going to do. He made it deep into the playoff. He's he's betting on it right now. He's going all in. This is my. This is my style. This is what works. I'm going to go for it. And if in a couple of years, you know, they're sitting at eight and eight, seven and nine, you know, he'll retool or he'll get fired. But they'll be able to get out from un- under Henry's contract. And if they give Henry 600 carries over the next two years, 700 carries over the next two years, come 2022 when they cut him, Henry's not going to sign another big fat deal. People are going to look at the wear and tear. 900 carries, 1,000 carries in a three-year span, and they're going to – you know, he's going to be playing on the cheap for the rest of his career. Yeah, so I I really like the deal, actually. And some of it is uh, the stuff that I've looked into today. I've obviously been listening to a lot of uh, NFL radio stuff and listening to them talk about this. And we know that, uh, you know, me and Matt, which, again, hopefully he'll be able to join us later. If you guys listened to us all last season, we're not big fans of Derrick Henry. And I was kind of uh, surprised how often he kept proving us wrong, right? We did not expect him to have the season that he had. Uh, and at the end of the season, he came out. And I remember it was Super Bowl weeks. They were having it. Was it, it was in Florida. or It was somewhere nice. I remember that. I can't remember exactly where they had the Super Bowl this past year. Was it in Florida? Either one Very of you remember? Sorry, okay. I'm, I'm making a screenshot. But because um, I just remember beaches and everything, I was watching the, them do some NFL stuff. And he came out and he said that he wanted when they were like, hey, so what kind of contract are you looking for from the Tennessee Titans? And he said the Zeke deal is the starting point. And I laughed. I was like, there's no way he's getting what Zeke got. Because in my opinion, Zeke's the better running back and he does more. He catches the ball where Henry caught 18 balls last year. Like he, he's just not that good of a receiver out of the backfield. He wanted $15 million a year. The Titans only wanted to pay him $10 million a year. He gets $10 million based on the uh, – not the salary cap. What is it? Um, the franchise tag. Had he signed the franchise tag. So they met in the middle, 12.5. As Dennis said, they got a two-year out. In two years, they can get out of the deal. From everything I've read, this was a huge thing for the, the locker room as well for Tennessee. The fact to see a guy who's been productive for them, who's been all about the Titans. He came out said he wanted to stay with Tennessee. He does – all kinds of stuff for that team in the locker room and everything, and they decided to pay him. I think it was a great deal for them. Again, they can get out after two years, which we'll see what happens. I think there's another way for them to rework the deal or something like that. He's only 27, so he'll be right on the verge of 30 when those two years come up, which we all say is kind of the fall off for for running backs. But to have the next two years with – 
what I think is I think he was the most key, the most important one because that Tennessee offense is built to run through Derrick Henry. Like Tannehill is there. Tannehill's gonna do great things, but I think that team is built around Derrick Henry. And so to get him for that kind of money, I thought was a really good move for them. And I like that they both work together to make this deal happen. They put their egos aside. The Titans did, because I agree with you, Tony. That's a lot of money to pay a running back. A running back that many people think is kind of a is interchangeable nowadays in the NFL. You've got a few elite guys, and then you can kind of put anybody else in here, right? Is is what some people view the running back position. I don't, but a lot of people view it that way. I get Do you agree it. With I, that? I get what you're saying. Derrick Henry is the exception to that. I mean, we both we you you said it best. You can't. Who, who did you say? Deion Lewis. You can't just put Deion Lewis yeah. there. And I said Marlon Mack. I mean, I don't think you could put Le'Veon Bell in that system and have the same result that you had out of Derrick Henry. Uh, so I, I, I don't want to, I'm not trying to downplay or disrespect Derrick Henry's talent in any way at all. Um, but you, because you're right, you can't just put any running back in that system and accept, expect them to have the same production. That's not going to happen. He's special in that system. But I, I like my, my biggest thing for them was I like that they came together, that Derrick Henry had to put aside some of his ego and wanting to get paid the 15 million said, you know what, look, 12 million is going to give me a little bit more than I would have gotten had I signed the signed the uh, franchise tag. I've got it for two years. I got this much money. I think it's 25 guaranteed or something like that. He's got this money guaranteed. He knows where his future is going to be for at least the next two years. And Tennessee did the same thing. You're like, you know, what? we're going to give this guy a little bit more money. He's been our franchise the past year, helped us get into the playoffs, was probably the reason we made it to the AFC Championship game. So yeah, they put probably. the Eagles aside, work together to get this deal done. So I, I think it's a great thing. And I bring up the working together to get the deal done, to talk about the last one, because I got in a huge argument today with some Cowboys fans about this. Well, I, before you move on to, to that, I don't know if they really work together. I, okay. I think he, Tennessee basically said, look, this is if this is what we're going to – this is our offer. We're either going to franchise tag you or you're going to take this. If you want security, this is it. And I, I think that Henry – just didn't he, he wasn't ready to call their bluff anymore he he it was close enough to the deadline that that he took a team favorable deal mm-hmm. he he took the security so did they work together maybe a touch but he he didn't have a ton of leverage he was going to be franchise tagged or yeah, he was going to take that deal and but it's, he had, it's it's a you know it sets his family up. He's get you know he's making good money for the next two years. He's got a nice guarantee, so he's going to be financially stable. But he he you know he didn't. Whereas the impression we got from Dallas was Jerry caved to Zeke. You don't have that impression here. Right. Well, where I say they work together is earlier in the season, the Titans had come out and said they wanted to pay him ten ten million a year over whatever amount, and Henry said he wanted 15. So they came to the agreement of 12.5, which is more than the franchise tag, and again, a, a longer year deal. So that's not something I, I, I'm i sure that some of it for Derrick Henry was, well, you know what, who knows if I'll be able to get this again. I, I imagine that they wouldn't have franchise tagged him twice. Maybe they would have, but I think there's some, that's why I said you have to put your ego aside, though. As Derrick Henry, if you feel you're, you're deserve, you deserve 15 million a year, you put your ego aside, 
to take, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna take this 12.5. I'm going to say, you know what, this is for better for the team, better for me, my family, my future now, and I'm going to take this money. So that's kind of what I mean by I feel like they work together to get it done because Dak and the Cowboys could not get it done, and this makes no sense to me whatsoever. And so I'm going to let you guys go first because everybody considers me not just a Dak but like a Cowboy hater in general. So I'm going to get your guys' opinions on it first, and then I'll kind of give you guys – my thought process and see if you can kind of understand where I'm coming from. You want it, Tony? No, go for it. I went All first right. last couple of times. Well, I, I feel like the argument can be made for both sides. Uh, Dak, he looks at Mahomes and says, well, I know I'm not going to get a half a billion dollars, but what they're offering me for what I give them uh, is in his estimation worth more. He's going to bet on himself. He didn't. He didn't flinch. He said, "I'll I'll take the thirty million dollar franchise tag, and if you want to franchise me next year, it's what thirty seven million. Yeah, he, um, he ended up with like almost seventy million dollars. I mean, right over two years, and and, and then he's going to be what a 27, 28 year old quarterback still in his prime. Yeah, you know because uh, there. I would be very surprised if Dallas decided, well, we're going to go ahead and franchise him a third time because then it'd be, what, $50 million or something crazy like that? Yeah, at that point, it becomes impossible. I don't know the percentage jump, but it becomes impossible at that point. So, you know, did I expect it to get worked out? I did because Jerry has a tendency to cave. But, you know, we've seen him screw up with Romo and not – get things done like they needed to do and get that build a team around Romo to get them deep into the playoffs. So why would we expect, uh, you know, anything different here? I $30 million is a lot of money. I mean, oh, for yeah. a quarterback, I mean, that's a lot of money for a quarterback. They're really, I mean, that's what the league average of the top, the five high, highest five paid. Is that how the franchise tech works? It's the yeah, I believe top so. five. That's the average of those guys. Yeah. So you're talking, there's only two or three quarterbacks. I don't have the spreadsheet in front of me, so don't catch me on fire for this, but there's only two or three quarterbacks that are making more than $30,000 a year. And now Patrick Mahomes. So add another one to the list, but you come on Dak. I don't have any disrespect for Dak, but you can't look at Patrick Mahomes and think that you're the same caliber of difference maker for your team as Patrick Mahomes is. Well, and I don't think he, I don't feel like he, he didn't do that. No, he didn't do that. He said that, that, you know, the, the, I'm somewhere in that space between the franchise tag and Patrick Mahomes. I don't I, think I'm, at, I'm at yeah. least in the middle of it. No, the, the middle is like $32.5 million. I mean. No, is it, Mahomes is getting what, like $40 million a year, $50 million no, a year? Is it, I don't think it's On average. I mean. With guarantees and everything, if it all plays out the way it's supposed to. $503 million over 10 years. It's about Yeah, but that's with a, a lot of bonuses. That's with a lot of extra stuff that has to happen in there. I don't know. For me, if I'm Dak Prescott, I'm playing on the franchise tag happily. And I'm just like you said, I'm challenging them to do it again. What was his name? Kirk Cousins? Yeah. I mean, come on. That's the plan. If I'm Dak Prescott, that's the plan. The Kirk Cousins model. Franchise me twice. Joke's on you. And then I'll get my offer. And and so what if it's not the number two or the number three quarterback? It will be. It will be a huge contract. And he, he probably deserves a big contract. But I remember hearing something today about um, some divisional opponents last year where he didn't have a single touchdown drive, like in divisional games 
against the Eagles, and and there was there was one other one. I don't remember where I heard it or who I heard it from. It may have been Colin Howard, Colin on the way to getting the kayaks. But anyway, that's not the point. There have been some. There are some questions about Dak Prescott. I mean, is he the guy? Aaron Rodgers puts his team on his back. You pay Aaron Rodgers the money, even if you. That's different. I could get lost. I mean, I could just get totally lost on a tangent here. There are things about Dak that concern me. He hasn't done the things that he needed to do to take that highest, most powerful offense in the league to the next level. They were eight and eight. Is that right? Eight and eight. I mean, guys, the best offense in football is eight and eight. That that so that brings up other questions. We're going down a wormhole, the defense and the play calling and the head coach and all that stuff. But come on. If the quarterback was that good, he would have won those games. And that's just what that's just he would have won enough games to put himself into a position to be into the playoffs. And that is, I think, the reason why he didn't get paid this year. Maybe he'll get paid next year. We'll we'll have to see. But, but I, I wouldn't have signed him to a long-term deal. If I was Jerry Jones, I'd have played him on the franchise tag. He's worth $30 million. I'm not arguing that point at all. I'm not saying he's worth less. But I'm not going to say that he's worth more than that because he just hasn't proven that yet. Yeah, so that's that's kind of the way that I took it. A, a Cowboys fan asked me today, and we got into a, a pretty, I don't want to say an argument, we, we, we got into a little bit of a fight about it, or however you want to put it, in that that was my argument, is that Dak is a great quarterback. I said he's probably in the 8-12 to 12 range in the NFL, and the, he rebutted me, and he said that he's at least top five. I disagree with that. Dak is a very good player, and they did have a really good offense last year. I think they had the number one scoring offense in the NFL last year. So clearly Dak and that offense put up points. But as you just mentioned, Tony, is what I brought up. is like, when did Dak do it when it mattered? He hasn't. There's one time that I can think of, and that is a couple years ago against the Seattle Seahawks in his first playoff win where they were down, they needed a first down to kill the game, and Dak went on like a 15-yard QB run. When nobody was open, rushers came in. I remember he went right up the middle. It k- killed the game off. Seattle had no chance to come back at that point. And I was like, that's the only time that I can remember Dak doing something by himself that kind of like was elite, ended the game. Every other time they've needed him, he has failed. He has come up short. He has not won them the game. For me, I felt like it was, while I agree that the Cowboys have not handled this situation well, they've done this kind of ass-backwards, signing Zeke, signing Jalen Smith, signing all these other players and not signing Dak Prescott. But from everything I've read, the Cowboys offered him 32 to $35 million a year, somewhere in between there for five years. And the biggest thing that Dak didn't want to do is Dak didn't want to sign for five. He wanted to sign for four because he wanted to be able to kick the can again in four years. And that's where I say I appreciate what Derrick Henry did and putting his ego aside is if you really wanted to play for the Cowboys, you just sign the five-year deal. Okay, so you kick the can again at 32 instead of 31. Big fucking deal. You're a quarterback. You're right. going to get a second contract at 32 or 31. So I think it's more of, and and I don't know this, you know, we saw Dak's brother come out and tweet a bunch of stuff out, and it seems like there may be a little bit of bad blood going on between them. Maybe it is something that we don't know going on behind the scenes on why Dak didn't want to do that. But for me, I, I actually put this more on Dak than I do the Cowboys. And for me, that's saying a lot because I don't think Jerry Jones runs that franchise very well. Well, you know, Dak... Uh, he didn't have any game-winning drives last year, but in the previous three years, he had five, four, and five. In uh, fourth-quarter comebacks in uh, 2018, he had three. 2016, he had five. And this is according to Pro Football Reference. So, okay. you know, how many of those 
those are regular you, season games. How many of those were him and not Zeke? Because last year was the first year that Dak was the offense, not Zeke. Well, last year Ooh, in the playoffs, he had a one fourth quarter comeback and one game winning drive. Yeah, but okay. Or no, so that was 2018, not 19. It's them going down the field and scoring, though, right? Yeah. That, that's considered a game winning drive. So my point is. Do we really know a couple of years ago? Because I believe it last year. Because last year that offense, it, it did. It centered around Zach, Zach uh, Dak. We saw him kind of throw the ball a lot more. Zeke did kind of get pushed to the side. But before that, how much of that was Dak and how much of that was Zeke moving down the field and Zeke being the one who kept killed mm. off and was game-winning drives? And that's my point. That's what's so interesting to me about this is I mentioned before, every year, year after year, Zeke has become less efficient. Dak is going to become more important. That just makes things even more confusing to me is that this team, there's going to come a point where Jerry has to rely on Dak and there's no, there's no other. I mean, at some point Zeke will not be the Zeke that he was when he drafted him. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's just, just what it is. It, it is. The whole thing is a mess. I'm starting to, to lean on your side, Matt, where maybe Jerry's not as good of an owner as I thought he was. It does seem a little backwards. You're right. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think some of this is on them with what they did. I mean, again, they they gave in to to Zeke and and paid him, and we can you know I I love Zeke. Obviously, being a former Buck, I think he's one of the the better running backs in the league. But I think we can all be honest and say that he has not necessarily handled himself that well off the field. On the field, he's been a stud, but off the field, he has not handled himself in the right way. Dak has been you know, the exemplary employee throughout this entire thing with the Cowboys, right? He's been the the franchise guy. Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Hey, you know, I'm all about the Cowboys and everything. So he's handled everything the right way and he hasn't got paid. So I can see where he might be frustrated with that, right? To sit there and be like, look, I've been all about the Cowboys. I'm all about doing this, all about doing that. And then, you know what? Nothing. Uh, doesn't oh, 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 look who it is. Mentioned Dak Prescott, Matt Box appears. <laughs> uh so, you know, he he's handled everything the right way, though, off and on, for the most part on the field. He has handled everything the right way. Dak deserved to get paid. I have no, I'm not saying that he doesn't. He deserves to be a very highly paid quarterback. I just don't like the fact that they offered him 32 to 35 million a year. And he said no because he wanted four years instead of five years. That's, yeah. that's where I put the, the issues on Dak, not Jerry Jones. Matt, welcome here. You want to, I'm hey. sure you end of that conversation you want to jump in we're talking about Dak's deal uh before we jump in and talk about our scott fishbowl rosters no i i'm loyal i heard i heard all the hurtful things tony said about derrick henry i didn't say that many hurtful things i said i respected him derrick, derrick henry's mother feels differently okay well I'll, I'll have to have a conversation with her then yeah i've been no i've been walking around listening uh i i think dallas is stupid i mean they're going to end up costing themselves all kinds of money or they're going to end up rolling with the 95-year-old the red rifle. That's fine with me, by the way. Yeah, I, I mean, I all I care about is, uh, as I've said before, I apparently have so many shares of the Dallas offense, I, I've become a closet fan. Uh, when, when, our, when the other Matt gets his dolphin tattoo, I feel like I'm going to end up getting like a, a tramp stamp of a cowboy star. Cowboy star. Hey, there you but, go. At least I'll be the only one in, in for some embarrassing tattoo. I was just disappointed that a lot of the franchise tag players couldn't work out deals. I was really, I wrote about it on my blog today, but I was really bummed out about Denver not 
settling up with Justin Simmons, uh, too. I think it's going to be kind of interesting. You had 16 players tagged, and only two got deals, and Derrick Henry's deal was almost kind of a surprise. I actually think what might have motivated that was for the last two days as they were approaching the deadline, they started showing all the running backs that are going to be free agents in 2021, and if you were being honest, Derrick Henry was like the fifth best guy on that list. And all of a sudden, it's like, hey, the Titans and Derrick Henry have come to a compromise arrangement. Right. So Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, I, I was gonna. I should have brought that up earlier. That's another yeah. thing that I think why Derrick Henry put his ego yeah. aside. Because just the not even the running backs coming out that'll be free agents next year. You got to think of all the running backs coming from college: Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Chuba Hubbard. Like you're not gonna quite have the uh, the the I guess the the clout that you think you might have. So yeah, I agree with you on that as well. And honestly, we saw Le'Veon Bell probably take what most people at the time thought was the best negotiating tactic to try to say, hey. I'm worth more than this. I'm worth more than this in your system. And it has completely not worked for him. I mean, yeah. he got yeah. a long-term deal, but it wasn't for the numbers he was it. looking for. He forfeit more in franchise tag money than he ended up getting in a long-term contract. And it's two years later, and, and you know, he's almost an afterthought. It's been really depressing mm-hmm. to watch it play out. All right. So, anything got anybody? Anybody else want to say anything else on the Dak Prescott thing, or we can start talking about the the Scott Fishbowl stuff? I'm a, well, where where are you think he's going to be playing next year? They'll Ooh, be Dak? in Dallas here. They'll I think. They'll, yeah, they'll tag him again. Worst case scenario. Okay, so here's where Maddie B is going to be right again. You know, whatever. I mean, I'm not all about being right, but I am going to be right on this, and I'll, I'll find the arc. I'll find wherever I said this on the episode because I, I know I said this. I think they are going to franchise tag him again, and they're going to trade him, would be my guess, because I Whoa. don't think they want the $37 million cap hit. And I think something's going to happen where they're going to fall in love with Andy Dalton, or somehow they're going to go 8-8 eight and eight or 7-9 and nine again this year, and they're going to be in position to get one of these other quarterbacks coming out. And I think that I think the relationship at this point is more frayed than Dak is leading on to be on social media. Where he said, hey, all cool, whatever, I'll, I'll play on the franchise tag. I think the fact that it could, didn't happen, he wanted the four, they wanted the five, whatever. I, I think that both sides kind of don't like each other at this point. Not sure that it gets fixed. I think that they will franchise tag him again, and he'll be gone. Well, I, I don't think they I, – I, if they franchise tag him, I, I don't think they can trade him. I mean, where are you going to trade him to with a $37 million contract? Uh, there's a actually I would Washington um, when they give up on Dwayne Haskins. Bill, uh, oh. Bill Barnwell actually put up an article about this. Uh, I can't remember it was either yesterday or today. There's actually close to six teams that could take on that contract next year, all with either aging hmm. or quarterbacks that are on the hot seat. I think I know of one team that could take on that contract. Yeah, Tony's Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> there's a lot of teams. I wouldn't mind teams. having Dak around. I'm telling you that uh, much for sure. The Jaguars are another one who was uh, – I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. The 49ers could take it because they can get out of Jimmy G's contract. The question, uh, though, is it's going to have to be a team that does relatively well this season because if it's a team that does relatively poorly, they're going to look at the prospect of getting a top quarterback in the draft and say, right. no, we don't, well, we don't, we don't need – Will yes. they? Because, that's okay. The that's why it's the Colts, because the Colts are going to win the Super Bowl, and then they're going to go get Dak Prescott. I like the moxie to beat out Patrick. <laughs> uh, no, okay, so I'll put it to you this way. is Will it, though? Because I, obviously the Jaguars are probably like in prime position to get Trevor Lawrence, and so say some other team, maybe Justin Fields. But for me, like again, this is from like a noted Dak hater. Would I rather have Dak Prescott or Trey Lance? 
give me Dak Prescott. He's a proven winner in the NFL. Give me Dak Prescott over a bunch of those rookies. And again, you get him on that, and then you you agree to your terms of how you're going to sign him long term. Now you have your franchise quarterback locked up for whatever, five, six years at that point. Like, I think it would make yeah. more sense to bring in a guy like Dak who we know can win on the NFL level. That That's just me personally. All right. I'm going to see if this works. I don't know if it will. I feel like it's probably not, but I'm going to – nope, it didn't. Son of a gun. I was Imagine trying – Imagine if uh, Breeze retires and New Orleans trades for Dak. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd rather have Dak over Jameis Winston. That's That's – that's for damn sure. All right, try it again. See if this works. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, oh, oh it did. Look at that. All right. We got Dennis's oh, nice. team here. I oh, think. Did briefly. it disappear? No. There. there we go. It just takes oh, up my whole screen. Yep. Yep. Yep, All right. My, my team. All right, Dennis. So kind of walk <laughs> us through your team here. Give us your thoughts on it, and then we'll kind of give you guys give you what we think of your team here. Uh, how you fe- think you feel, you think mm-hmm. you can win your division. You were in. Uh, conference eight, magic eight ball. We know you had a wonderful little interaction with someone else in the, in this division earlier today. So give us a breakdown of your team. Well, I, I just had to text my mom back. She wanted me to make sure you guys knew she's only 74. So okay. when I mentioned so, her earlier in the pool, I told you, I told so, you she's got, the hi mom. <laughs> um, no, when, you know, I don't think my team is terribly strong. Uh, I'm going to need, definitely going to need, my wide receivers to, to step up and over outperform, uh, you know, Slayton has a chance to be the wide receiver one in uh, New York. I, I'm a big Preston Williams fan. So I, I do like both of those Mike Williams. I'm, I'm hot and cold on, I go back and forth some days. I think he's going to have uh, 65 receptions and 1200 yards and seven touchdowns. And other days I think he's going to have, 45 receptions and 650 yards and three touchdowns. Um, hopefully Paris Campbell can work a bunch of magic out of the slot. Uh, you know, going in, looking at the scoring, one of the things I wanted to do was to grab three quarterbacks. Um, and so I decided consciously to try to get three quarterbacks early. I did go for upside with Burrow as my uh, third quarterback. Uh, overall, I don't think my team is really a contender. I'm going to have to get some breaks and, and have some guys uh, step up. Uh, you know, I've got Saquon, who is great. And if he uh, finishes, you know, for RB1, RB2, uh, that may be enough if some of my other guys step up. You know, Lindsey, Singletary, Moster, all have some potential. But will it be consistent? Uh, that's really what it's going to come down to. Um so, yeah, you know, th- there were some like uh, one of the guys I was looking at late that uh, the pod father sniped me on was uh, Jamichael Hasty. Um, just as a, a it, one of those roll the dice, why the hell not kind of things. I think Chris Conley at 1704, uh, he has the potential to be the to be the two uh, in um in Jacksonville, I think he played the most snaps of all their wide receivers last year. So I, I do think he's going to uh, have a pretty prominent role there. Um, we'll see what happens. I, I, I kind of snagged Deion Lewis as a handcuff to Barkley just in case. And I gra- grabbed Reggie Bonifon. Just, just to screw the over off- the McCaffrey owner. Just, just on the offhand chance that McCaffrey uh, 
after his thousand and thousand season uh, with this crazy offseason can't quite hold up. Uh, I don't like Sternberger as my second tight end, but he was the best of what was left there. Uh, so you can see in round 15, tight ends went uh, pretty quickly. So, um, again, it's it's a mad team. Uh, I've posted numerous comments about it uh, being not, not living up to my uh, hopes and expectations when I decided to go with the three early quarterback strategy. I think it's a good team. I mean, I think it's uh, – the problem is it – okay, listen. I'm sorry, Dennis. I respect you. Everything has to work out. It all has to work out. Like, everything has to work out perfectly for you. And, yeah, it was and, definitely a weight on wide receiver team yeah. build. Because they were like when, – yeah. when I took Mostert, there was certainly uh, opportunities to take guys like Terry McLaurin, uh, DK Metcalf. You know, those were some guys. One of the guys that, that I didn't get that I was targeting, I honestly was targeting at uh, 209. Uh, I was targeting Kyler Murray, who went at 208. Ooh, um, yeah, brutal. Yeah, you know, that was that was a, a little bit rough, but I agree with you. I'm going to need a lot of things to work yeah. out right. Yeah, but it's there. I could see it happening. I mean, come on. We can see this. We can if see I it happening. Playoffs, I got a puncher's chance. Well, yeah. That's true. I mean, that's the thing. I don't think waiting on wide receiver is that bad because, you know, a lot of people were waiting on wide receiver, even though, you know, I think all of us on here in our hearts, wide receivers are number one. You have to adjust to the scoring in a league. And in this league, they were probably the fourth most important thing. Yeah, I I grabbed Singletary at the 704. Um, I, I was hoping that Darius Geis might fall back to me at 809 with people being afraid of uh, his injury status, but he actually went three picks later at, at uh, 707. Yeah, uh, the same thing happened for me. Yeah, I, I think that's probably what's going to end up screwing me on mine here is that because uh, I, I did not wait on wide receiver like I feel like all three of you did. But I, I mean, I don't hate it. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think it's a decent team. I, I think it's probably better than mine. I, I haven't really paid much attention to mine, if I'm being honest. My draft just ended like two days ago. So, uh, But, I, I mean, I like your running backs, and uh, I, I love your tight ends. You know I'm a big Jay Sternberger fan, and obviously getting Mark Andrews there in the second round, I wish I would have waited on Mark Andrews in mine because he ended up going in like the third or fourth round, or actually went, in, I think, almost in the fifth round in mine. Where I wow. took George early, so yeah, I was wish I would have waited. Um, looking at mine, so let's pull up uh, a different one now. Let's see who I can get on here. I just had them all set up. All right, Tony's is going to be next. Let's pull Tony's drive. I actually haven't even looked at yours yet, Tony. So I'm kind of excited to see how this worked out. We'll see. <clears throat> all right, so. Michael Thomas, Sanders, Taylor, Stafford, Garoppolo, Waller, Jones. And I kind of like it. I really I do. I like it. I kind of like right. it. I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated because I lost my focus. And I, and I never committed to any one direction. I, I came into the draft like everybody else saying, I'm going after these early running backs. I'm taking an early running back. I don't have that. Let me see here real quick. I took Michael Thomas at 110, and I felt like that was – like really, really great. Like I felt like when I saw Michael Thomas at one ten, I had no choice. The running backs left were Joe Mixon, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, 
And then I took Miles Sanders after uh, with my second pick. So a bunch of running backs went after I took Michael Thomas. And I'm afraid that that first pick that I took with Michael Thomas made my draft so confusing to me that I lost my strategy in the first pick because I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't commit either way. If that makes sense at all. Uh, they yeah. were, they were great now here. And, and, and it came back to bite me in the ass at the three ten. I'm sitting at the three ten, and Jonathan Taylor's there. I've already got Michael Thomas and miles Sanders, which honestly, I feel pretty good about those two as my first two, especially yeah. with everything going on with the wide receiver situation. And in, in Philadelphia, I, I really feel like miles Sanders could have the fifth, or 60 targets he needs to be a workhorse at 310 chris godwin was sitting there and i thought man i really want i want to have chris godwin here but i told myself going into this draft that i was going to be wide i was going to be running back focused and the running backs keep getting gobbled up so i passed on chris godwin for jonathan taylor and to this day it makes me sick to my stomach come to find out that our group is really really active i don't think that jonathan taylor would have been there at the 403, I couldn't have taken um, Godwin and then Jonathan Taylor like I th- thought I could at the time. I thought I could manipulate that. He would have been gone. They already told me that, that they, that, that was in their queue. So, so maybe it is the right choice, but I will, for, for the rest of this year, I will wonder what, happened if, what would happen if I would have picked Godwin instead of Jonathan Taylor at the 310. Well, if Taylor turns out the way I think he's going to, as in finishing as a top 12 back in fantasy this year, I think you're going to be just fine having I hope so. Taylor right there. That's what I'm hoping I mean, for. I, don't know. I, I think it's good. I, I'm not going to lie. I feel like your, your team is a lot closer to mine in the fact that I did not go as running back heavy as I wanted to. I was right. very receiver heavy. Uh, and then I ended up kind of grabbing a bunch of flyer guys late. But, I mean, looking at yours, like, I, I really like it. I mean, Herndon, a nice, great steal, a guy who could be really good. I mean, Sam Darnold likes to throw into the short areas of the field, down the middle of the field where Chris Herndon will be. Cole Beasley, I think, is a huge get for you. I like Naheem Hines as well. Uh, A.J. Green, Landry, Lockett. So, I think I, you've got a lot of upside on your team. I like. I love the Josh Gordon pick. That's just because I root for that kid uh, there with your last pick. So, I like it all together. I think it's a, I really do think it's a good team. Dennis, Matt, you guys have any thoughts? You know, I, I, the jo- I feel like the Josh Gordon pick is wasted. As big wasted. a fan of Josh Gordon as I am. I mean, if you're, if you're going to waste a pick, the 22nd round is where to waste it. Um, Corey Davis actually went in the 17th round uh, of my draft. And at 17.04, I was debating between Corey Davis and Chris Connolly. That makes me feel good. Yeah. I, I do feel my this team, although I like most of the starting lineup, I do feel like it's the same as yours, Dennis. A lot of th- things have to work out for me. I mean, A.J. Green has to be who we thought he was. And if A.J. Green's not who we thought he was, this I mean, honestly, this team comes down to Ronald Jones and A.J. Green. And if they work out the way we want them to, then, then I can contend. But if they're who we thought they were, then I'm kind of fucked. To well, and, and you need to hope that Jonathan Taylor isn't as good at catching passes as the coaching staff says he is or the Naheem Hines pick at 11-10 is a severe overpay. One or the other. You're right. You're absolutely right about that. Well, I don't think it's that bad because if Jonathan Taylor's as good as they say it is, that he's getting most of those looks. So I think it's a – Maybe you took him a little earlier than he needed to go. I don't know what Heinz ADP was for this, but I think you, for the most part, in my opinion, you secured that backfield, though. That's that. my point. That was my yeah, point. 
in it, or you're going to have Taylor's getting everything. Yeah. And you know that Marlon Mar- Mack says hello. Hi, Marlon. Mar- <laughs> yeah, Marlon Mack says hello from the bench. That's fine. He can sit there and say hello all he wants. He doesn't matter. So uh, we should we should clip we should clip this because uh, knowing you're not my right track now. record. In, uh, in about uh, three months, we're both going to be drinking while we uh, while, well, while we remember this fun time. Lineups. That part is probably true, since me and you definitely seem to have running backs shutting us up all season. Yeah. So, Matt, what are your thoughts my, on Tony's uh, roster? I, I like I like your team, and I think you have potential to you know to really compete. The thing that I guess I would be nervous about, which when we get to mine, I, I have some positions I'm nervous about is one or two big injuries at quarterback or running back uh, would be devastating. Yeah, that's true. Especially, that's true. you know, like if Stafford, what if his if his 2020 went the way his 2019 went, that would be such a bummer. Yeah, that would be devastating. Yeah, that was the question I was going to ask you really quick. Uh, do you have to go? No, go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh are you worried at all just having Stafford and Garoppolo? Because I actually love the Garoppolo pick. I think in Scott Fishbowl format specifically, he's actually a very underrated quarterback with how good his completion percentage is. But does it worry you at all only having the two quarterbacks? Yeah, yeah, it absolutely, it absolutely worries me. I mean, there's no way around it. I don't like super flex. I mean, that's just the way I am. I'm wired to believe that the quarterback position is not one that I want to overvalue in fantasy football. And that's just obviously the absolute exact opposite of what a super flex league is. So I struggle with that anyway. And so with Stafford and Garoppolo, with the scoring that they have, I know they're both relatively accurate quarterbacks. Stafford's a gunslinger. I'm going to get the yards out of Stafford. And Garoppolo's not going to hurt me. Outside of that, I mean, the 7-10 where I took Ronald Jones, I would like to have taken my third quarterback there. But that's Let's not the reality. Say you weren't the most optimistic on Ronald Jones on this podcast. I wasn't. I didn't want to do it. I would like it. to blame somebody in the top square. I did not want to take Ronald Jones, but I was out of time. I mean, there were no more running backs. He was the last one. And I, had I to make... take a rock around the block after you posted that picture. That oh, no. Record. Oh, like, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> All my values have, have caved. I didn't want to do it. I had to do it. I mean, th- this, this draft challenged me in a way that no other draft ever has. I, I, I think I'm a very good drafter. Is this your first guys, time? This is my first time in Scott Fishbowl. Yeah, and it was mine, these, too. It was it's so yeah, intimidating. Yeah. But Dennis these guys are here. good. The three of us. Yeah, the three of us is our first time. These guys in the in the Power Rangers mm-hmm. division, I'm telling you right now, are the best players I've ever drafted with. Every time you think that you have an advantage and you know something they don't know, I'm telling you, every single time, gone. You, you just, it was just gone before. It, you should. I stopped queuing players because I knew that if I queued them, they would just be gone. So you got queue enough to get to you. No, because <laughs> then I end up with the trash I wanted on accident, and then no, you rank it. Yeah, no. if it's it did, fixed to you, you put in your top twelve players. It doesn't work for me. Go every time I queued the players, the player got sniped from me, Dennis. I'm not doing it ever again, and you can't convince me to do it. I'm out. I'm not doing it. I got screwed. This has on that been deal. a uh, humbling off season because between this and that Debbie auction draft, uh, I feel oh. like you know I went from feeling pretty secure to uh, I need to go rock in a corner for twenty minutes. Well, I got to well, get out of here, guys. I'm sorry. I've no, got, no, you're, I gotta get food on the grill real quick. We gotta have dinner. It was it was great having you back on again, Tony. Have yep, a good thanks one. Thanks for having me, guys. See you around later. Uh, so the one thing I was gonna say before he cut out of here was, uh, you know, hey, there's a news story came out today. Ronald Jones, you know, he's put on weight. His hands are better than ever, as he said. Like, you know, maybe you guys shouldn't be so worried about him anymore. Uh, I think he might be all right. All right, which one? 
Apparently, I hope for that. Uh, oh, nope. Okay, cool. We got Matt's. All right, so Matt, so here's yours. Kind of give us a breakdown of what you did. Uh, just I'll kind of look at it as you're talking here. First of all, I would like to say I, found, I think I found that page you were referring to, uh, which is not oh, much yeah. of an ego boost on my fantasy league because I'm pretty sure yeah. it, it does not take account of the scoring or the format because it basically said I'm a trash person for taking a quarterback in the first round. And I thought in Superflex with this weighted scoring, how could you how could you do this? And then I started reading their squares and apparently it's uh it's based on regular ADP. So I guess that's probably why you guys aren't reading them. It was a blow to the uh, ego a little bit reading that I was uh, ranked 11th out of 12 in my division. But I think it was because they didn't like that I went quarterback and tight end with my first three picks. However, in this format, sort of makes a little more sense. A lot of guys, I don't know if you guys joined your pick chat, uh, but I had pick 109, so all the people across the leagues that were in 109 were in a chat. And a lot of people were targeting Kittle uh, at that 109 mark, and I just saw five quarterbacks kind of go before I got to me. So I I have some regrets about my first pick, not because I, I don't like Deshaun Watson, but because I, I meant to pick Russell Wilson and at the last minute grabbed Watson and then immediately had a bunch of people in our pick chat talking about how sack, I forgot sacks. Um, you get negative points for sacks. Yep, and negative. I started thinking about Houston's offensive line, and I was like, I don't know if I should have bet on that, but I'm going to roll with it. I mean, I still think he's a, he's a top quarterback. But then Kittle was there for me at 204. I was pretty happy with that. Uh, I went for another quarterback at 309 because a lot of guys started quarterback, quarterback. Um, so it made me real nervous. I, I wanted to have a couple of good performers at that position. I had been listening to the potathon for for the draft and a lot of people were making arguments for making sure that you have that you're set at quarterback. Then I I couldn't help myself. Chris Godwin was there and I was like, I really should take a running back because running backs are important in this format and apparently I've gone zero RB. But Chris Godwin, I can't quit you. And that really led to some desperation. You can see when I finally took, if you're watching online, those numbers beside them are the number at that position that's gone in your league. So Chris Carson, when I got him, he was the 25th running back. And then when we had to swing back, I picked Ronald Jones. I can't remember who else I was looking at. I ended up being apparently uh, in all 120 Scott Fishbowl leagues the earliest draft pick uh, at 6.04 to take Ronald Jones and the whole thing. I don't feel that bad about it because he was the 27th running back off the board. Our draft was just so running back heavy early. Uh, then I grabbed, I started my Denver run. I grabbed Sutton, Lindsay, interrupted it to take an, another tight end in Goddard, uh, and got Locke. And then you can see after that point, I started grabbing a lot of players that I just have an affinity for. Um, C.D. Lamb, Preston Williams. I think Dennis and I both love Preston Williams. We both have him. Perriman, I just thought that was a decent pick. Uh, 53rd receiver off the board. Seemed like a guy who's probably going to get some volume. I grabbed Boston Scott. Thought I had some decent upside. Pittman. Justin Jackson, I, you know, if you read my that I posted for the blog on Tuesday. I'm, I'm not ready to quit Justin Jackson, even though it didn't work out for me last year. I think I was just a year too early, so I have some hopes for that one. And then took some lottery tickets. Uh, 
there was a lot. Of, I was going to take Jalen Hurts um, just because I have Wentz. And the dude, two picks in front of me, took Hurts. And I was like, cannot believe this. So I went with my my other thought, which is P.J. Walker. Um, I loved him in the XFL. I was super high on him. And, you know, if something happens to Bridgewater, I think he could be a real screamer in that system. So I figured it wasn't a bad flyer uh, at the end of the draft. Yeah, I mean, so so I like it. I mean, obviously, I wish I would have probably gone quarterback a little bit heavier earlier on like you and Dennis both did. I kind of waited a little bit. I, I wasn't – I feel like my draft probably played out different than your guys. Just listening to you guys talk about how quickly running backs were going and all this other stuff, uh, I, my draft did not go nearly that way. But, I mean, I like getting Locke as late as you did. I know we were talking about it as you draft him. I was kind of hoping to grab him later because I have Cortland Sutton. I was trying to pair those two together. You know, obviously we both were both high on Lindsey. Uh, you know, I don't mind the Justin Jackson. I love Cole Beasley. I, 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 Dennis, did you have Beasley on yours or no? I did not. I I had him in the queue probably a half a dozen times, but uh, I yeah. just never pulled the trigger on. Ever him. since we had Bob Lung on talking about consistency, he's a guy I've been getting really later in drafts because I figured, hey, why not? Yeah, I mean, I, I like uh, that. That's exactly why I have too. I, I thought it was pretty cool. You, me, and Tony all have him. I think probably all around the same pick as well in the seventeenth round. Um, and I really like the Brashad Perriman pick as well. I mean, there's not really much in New York right now. I mean, everybody's high on Denzel Mims, but as we've talked about all here, this off season's going to be weird. Will Mims really be able to step up and be the one? I like that Lamb at eleven. I like you know something I heard today that I didn't even think about. Both uh, Randall Cobb and Jason Witten both vacated 80 targets last year. So that's 150 mm-hmm. targets that have to go somewhere, and they're not going to Blake Jarwin. So I can easily see maybe C.D. Lamb getting 80 to 90 of them. So and all of a sudden that's immediately yeah. going to make fantasy viable. I mean, so Cobb and- had 82 targets last year and 55 receptions. I think all of us think C.D. Lamb's a better player. That's why we, initially on draft night when you see him go to Dallas, you're like, oh, man. But then as I looked at the Dallas offense and, you know, you think about McCarthy, who frequently had three guys uh, that were viable when he was in Green Bay, I feel better about it. Yeah. So, Dennis, you have any thoughts on, on his? No, I, I, I don't know about the Jalen Samuels, Benny Snell. feels like it's just, well, I need to grab running backs. I don't know which one of these are going to matter, so I'm going to grab both of them. But then again, I kind of did the same thing, grabbing Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards. I don't know which which Raiders rookie receiver is going to step up. I, I'm not a P.J. Walker fan. I, I think, you know, he's an XFL quarterback. I, think that's the- I, I will say this about P.J. Walker. The person who vouched for him and said, this guy is incredible and nobody realizes it and someday somebody will, is Andrew friggin' Luck. He's the one that told his dad, sign P.J. Walker, you won't be disappointed. On the team P.J. Walker was supposed to be on, they had a higher profile, I can't remember who it is, actual former NFL player, and Walker beat him out and he was easily the, the MVP. I, but he had I know you weren't huge in that league. Great. You know, he, he, he didn't seem like he was terribly accurate uh, for somebody. He, he's not, you know, he's one of those quarterbacks that's supposed to be athletic, but he's, he's not really as fast as you would like in somebody that's supposed to be athletic. And you sure we're not talking about Bridgewater. 
and, and you know because he's not athletic at all, never has been. But then also Walker is is what five eleven. You know, look, it I'm, was the twenty first round. There was I. I already told you I was at the the Jalen Hurt Hurts point of my draft. Well, but Hurts makes sense because you had Wentz. Yeah. You know, I I don't know how, how Washington's tight end situation is going to shake out. Sprinkle could be gold and, and a startable flex for you weekly, or, you know, it could be all Caleb Wilson. Yeah, I mean, like I said, overall, I like it. I think you've got, you know, at least even if, if Sprinkle doesn't work out, you've got Jimmy Graham who probably will give you, you know, hopefully the one week you need to put him in your lineup or two weeks with with the bye weeks he, he comes through for you. But having Goddard and Kittle, I mean, those are going to be your starters every single week, and I think both of them are going to be fine. So I don't I don't Mine hate is, that tight end position. You know, like like I told – yeah, like I told Tony, like running back, if, if Carson doesn't come back healthy or gets knocked out or – Ronald Jones, or I'm wrong about Philip Lindsay. Uh, not only will it hurt my my Scott Fishbowl team, it will hurt my heart. But uh, running back is definitely like the most volatile. I like I said, I going in, I never intended. I had done a couple of mocks like the days before, and I always made sure I I protected myself with running backs. I don't. It just it's weird when you get in a draft and you see different runs and you see players come up. I that was probably my my regret. I didn't anticipate going zero RB, but then I thought in the fifth round when it was coming back, guys would start to switch to other positions and they just didn't. And so it dumb bastard. It's a gamble. No, I mean well, and Scott set he he set the league scoring up to accommodate. Uh, a variety of builds. So it it's really going to be interesting to watch how the season plays out because you've had some guys that, that went, you know what, I'm drafting seven running backs in the first 10 rounds, and that's that's what I'm going to do. Uh, or some people who went four tight ends in the first 10 or 12 rounds because of the tight end premium. Uh, and then guys like me who went quarterbacks early, it, it's – it's really going to be, you know, and I can't tell you how many teams I saw that had four or five top end wide receivers in the first six or seven rounds, uh, and that's that was Scott's goal. He, he said to 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 make people say, "This is what I want to do." In retrospect, I think if I'd appro- uh, if I would have approached it differently. Um, I think I'd have probably tried to go with a more balanced build just because, well, if everything, you know, if the whole goal of the scoring was to balance the scoring out, then build it, build a balanced team. You don't need to go all wide receiver, all running back or something like that. But, you know, we, we got, I, I I was one of them. I got wrapped up in the narrative about the quarterbacks. I don't want a quarterback to throw a bunch of, bunch of uh, interceptions or I don't want one that's going to, you know, throw a whole bunch of uh, incompletions at, at minus one per incompletion. Uh, I definitely don't want one that gets sacked a lot. So, you know, part of the challenge I'm going to have, I think, looking at my quarterbacks is Matt Ryan and Tom Brady, who will likely throw the ball a lot. Um, they're not going to run. And so they throw the ball away an awful lot. So I'm going to be hitting those incompletion points a, a little more than I uh, initially thought. 
All right. I guess I'll, I'll throw mine up there. And yeah, the quarterback thing is definitely something that, um, it, it kind of hit me a little bit in the fact that I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta start grabbing some, some quarterbacks. And I feel like I reached on, on my two, but I mean, it is what it is. I knew I needed them. So I just kind of grabbed them. I liked my first one, uh, in, in Stafford. So let's see here. There we go. All right, so that's not my team. That's Dennis's team. I don't know why it's so I will say on those uh, draft curiosities, uh, our league was the one that had the latest first pick for a quarterback uh, at 10-12. Philip Rivers. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he has Rivers and Haskins and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. He took three quarterbacks in a row, but that – he did not go until the 10th round. I'm going to be curious to see how that plays out. Oh, man. Why is mine not pulling up now? That sucks. I see, I see how it is. You uh, you wanted to judge ours, but right. you no, want to spare yourself. Not, it's, it's not a good picture, but I took a picture of it on my, um, on my phone, and then hang on. Let me see if I can actually do something really quick here. No, I took a picture of it on my uh, my phone. On the laptop because I couldn't get it to pull up correctly, and then yeah, it, it looks like crap. And so I took another one and finally got it to work and sent it. But now it's not it's not pulling what up. What league are you in? Keep, uh, DC figures. Here we go. Okay, I got it. Let me see. I just got to download it on my computer really quick. If I can get my stuff to work. Because my computer's moving slow for some reason. I mean, if you can get it quicker, by yeah, all I'm means, that's all you. Need. Well, while you you guys are doing that, I just want to go ahead and remind everybody about the Hunger Bowl. Yeah, um, go ahead. No kid left behind. Uh, see the Hunger Bowl at uh, the Hunger Bowl 2020 Gridiron Experts uh, at gridironexperts.com/hunger-bowl-2020. Uh, it's it's a league. You make a charitable donation that's going to go to um, the No Kid Hungry program uh, at nokidhungry.org. Uh, it's being organized by Aaron Sopchak at Gridiron Experts. You can find him on Twitter at A-A-R-O-N-S-O-P-C-H-A-K. Uh, go ahead and make a donation. Get in there. Draft yourself a team in one of those leagues. It's it's on the sleeper app. It's one of the it, you start one at each position, and then you have six flexes plus one super flex. Uh, prizes like a signed Love Bell jersey, DJ Moore, Alvin Kamara, Allen Robinson, Devontae Adams, Kenny Galladay, autographed jerseys as prizes. Those are fantastic items. Gridironexperts.com slash hunger dash bowl dash twenty twenty. Get in there and play. All right, so there's my team. I'll kind of give you guys a breakdown of it really quick. Um, I just wanted to try something different um, with the tight ends. I I never draft tight end early, and so I decided to go George Kittle right there in the first round. I, I, there was a bunch of running backs on mine that kind of fell back. Uh, hang on one second. Dennis, keep talking about your, your one thing really quick. Well, it's uh, they're aiming to raise – I think it said here six thousand uh, dollars, but according to the USDA, 
more than 11 million children in the United States live in food insecure homes. Many depend on federal food programs to provide them with meat meals through school nutrition programs. However, due to the COVID-19 outbreak, many of them are left looking for other sources of food due to school closures. This is where No Kid Hungry steps in. Um, I think it's a, it's a great opportunity. This is the season uh, of fantasy football giving back. We're all into to the Scott Fishbowl, the Scott Fishbowl satellites. Lots of other charity leagues are popping up, the Down Under Bowl. Uh, I know oh, those three, eliminators that we did. Right? Oh, yeah. Bunch, John Bosch and a bunch of the eliminators, the best ball eliminators. Um, you know, uh, Mike Talanco, who, who the third Mike, who for years has done a charity league of uh, for domestic violence. Uh, this year he switched it over to a, a virtual 5K. So if you go at the third Mike, all spelled out on Twitter, you can touch base with him and uh, sign up to do a, a charity, uh, a virtual run for charity as well. All right. Sorry about that. So I wanted to get my tight end early, and that's why I took George Kittle. Uh, you know, I, there was a bunch of running backs. I would have gone running back there, but there was like five running backs that I wanted. I figured one of them would probably fall to me. I ended up getting Nick Chubb there. Went Kenny Galladay just because I wanted to get a, a, a high-end wide receiver, uh, and I didn't think anybody else was going to fall. I know I was kind of talking about this with you guys in the chat, actually, when it happened, is that I knew – I thought Stafford – or there was another quarterback. I don't remember who it was now off the top of my head, but there were two quarterbacks that I thought would fall to me into the fourth round. And so I figured, why not Kenny Galladay, Matt Stafford, maybe stack them together. I was kind of hoping to do that. Unfortunately, when the fifth round hit, uh, there was someone else I wanted, uh, but Mark Ingram was there. Uh, the running back that I wanted went right before me. I can't remember who it was, so I ended up taking Mark Ingram. Then I reached on my boy Baker, and then at seven and eight, I did the double ups there and, and taking. I was hoping to get Locke in the ninth round, but he went before me, so I ended up taking Darnold. But I wanted the the double up of of Sutton there with him didn't give, but I still got the double up of Landry and Baker. I ended up taking Darnold. Uh, there wasn't a lot on the board right there that I wanted. And so I was like, you know what? I'll just take my third quarterback here. Uh, you know, there was a couple other guys I wanted. Jimmy G, he had gone. Teddy Bridgewater, I wanted. He had gone. So I was like, I'll just take a third quarterback in case I need one. But I'm not really planning on playing Sam Darnold, but he's there in case I need him. If, you know, he has that big season, we all kind of hope he does. Uh, Tevin Coleman, uh, you know, obviously this was after the Raheem Mostert news, and I had already brought it up before. I think Coleman's going to get a lot more run than others are talking about if he can stay healthy. So I took him as my third. John New Smith, I think, is going to have a sneaky big year at tight end. I went ahead and took him there. Then Slayton Williams, I wanted to get some running or more wide receivers. And then I just kind of took a bunch of flyers, really, like Duke Johnson. If, if DJ gets hurt, you know, Matt said it on the podcast, uh, you guys will hear on Monday, uh, a DJ in Houston is going to lead the lead the team in rushing. And so I'm hoping it's going to be that DJ. Uh, Damien Harris and Kaysoni Michelle. Just remember, you heard it here first. A DJ in Houston is going to lead the team in rushing. Uh, you know, Cole Beasley, we just talked about earlier. Bob really kind of influenced me in making that decision as well. Uh, a guy that I think can plug in late, Carlos Hyde, in case Chris Carson doesn't work out early. Caden Smith, DJ Dallas, and then I just took two flyers in, and Marquez Valdez Gantley and Tyrell Williams. So be nice because I can't kick you guys off. But uh, what are your guys' thoughts? So we all kind of doubled up on uh, backup running backs for some team because Dennis, didn't you say, or you doubled up on receivers? But I doubled up on the Pittsburgh backups. You doubled up on the Seattle backups. Yeah. 
You know, I I I love Sutton at seven oh eight. Uh wanting to get a, a top tier wide receiver early in Galladay, you know, that getting Sutton at seven oh eight kind of makes it feel like was that really worth the pick there? Could you have went who who could you have gotten at three oh eight uh as a running back maybe uh to pair with Chubb? Uh, I don't remember. I'll pull. I'll pull it up while you're while you're talking about that. Let me see if I can pull up. My my phone keeps messing up on me. So see, that's the same thing, kind of a, that I did. I, I Galladay. I was looking at I uh, around the same time that I took uh, Godwin at four oh four, and then ended up taking Sutton. I took Sutton about the same spot as you because I you know pick nine. I got him in the seventh round as well. If he ends up. Returning the wide receiver one value that I hope think slash think he can, you know, you've done pretty well. I think Landry was a good pickup late too. I did I do remember on the potathon they were talking a lot about the advantage of being able to stack uh, receiver quarterback, and it was nice that you're able to do that for a couple of years. It, well, getting the pair the quarterback receiver pairing with Galladay and Stafford, and then matching it with the Chubb. Landry Mayfield stack, it puts a lot of your eggs in a couple baskets. So it it could, you know, if if one of the teams goes to hell or or they have some injuries, it could go sideways on you pretty quick. So, but what you're saying is uh, when all three of us pick both those teams to be in the playoffs, when we do our prediction podcast, we should all start weeping openly for that. (laughs) It's a you know, I like the team. I, I, I have concerns about Darnold as much as I like him long-term. Under Gase, it seems like there's going to be some challenges with, um, you know, is he going to get over the interceptions? Turnovers are turnovers and sacked are really going to bite quarterbacks in the ass. Um, you know, I don't know if you follow Chris Bean at all, but he's been talking a lot about uh, how bad – uh, Darnold is in this format. Uh, so if you don't follow him, I probably wouldn't start now. No, and like I said, I, I kind of took Darnold as, as, as a dart throw third quarterback because the guy, other guys I wanted had, had already gone. So the running backs that went right after me taking Kenny Galladay um, were Aaron Jones, Todd Gurley, Austin Eckler, uh, went right toward the back end of the third round uh, in picks uh, five, four, and two. And then in the fourth round, coming back to me, and this is another reason why I took Galladay's. I thought one of these guys might fall, and they, none of them did, unfortunately. Uh, James Conner, Chris Carson, and Melvin Gordon all went before it got back to me. And then on the board was Le'Veon Bell and Jonathan Taylor. I just didn't want either one of them, so that's why I took Stafford. That right. was when I was like, what it's I'm just going to Interesting gonna... considering how you feel about Taylor. Yeah, but I just – I my I was worried about it. Like I had Chubb, and again, same thing. I thought someone else – might fall because the other thing I didn't think Taylor would go is that a couple of guys behind me going back around had already taken a bunch of running backs and thought that maybe they'd go pivot to another position. And then they didn't. One of them took Le'Veon Bell. And then one guy who had Kamara, Mixon, and Edwards, uh, Hilaire, and then he took Taylor. And I was like, okay, well, whatever. And I'll just kind of pivot. And then that's why I took Ingram. That was kind of, I think, the mistake I made on running backs too. You, you're looking at other teams and – you know, I thought, well, a lot of people want running back early, so they're going to pick up these other positions and I'll go get that second tier of guys. And, they, and, I, and by the time I realized that was just never 
going to happen, my options were not probably what I thought I was going to end up with when I started this. Yeah. So you guys have any other thoughts on there? I mean, uh, I don't know. I like it, but I don't. I don't want to be overly optimistic on it. I feel like uh, I kind of feel like the same thing you guys said. I'm going to need everything to go right. Like I don't, but I guess nobody really has depth in this, but I feel like I'm, I'm good at wide receiver. If Ingram and Chubb stay healthy and get the carries, I think like I'm okay there, and I've got enough wide receivers and the two tight ends that I can play every single week. I, I feel like I'm really going to be hinging on Baker being the guy that I think he can be this year. And if he sucks like he does last year, I'll probably have no shot whatsoever. Well, I, I think a lot of it, too, is going to come down uh, to – for for not just us for, but for everybody is what kind of production do we get from picks 12 through 22, you know, which, which of those guys are going to step up, you know, will Janu Smith at, at your 11th pick, is he going to step up and outperform, you know, Mike Williams and make himself into one of your flexes? Uh, it, it really, it's going to come down to hitting on some of those mid round, mid, mid to late round picks. You know, I, I like Ingram. I don't know if I like Ingram as my RB2. I feel like he's more of an RB3, but I do think he's got standalone value. You know, I, I would have liked him probably, you know, at RB26. Well, I guess at RB26 it's not that bad. Um, that's why I, I feel like wide receivers had the depth that going, uh, going with that second running back in the third round and then grabbing Stafford might have might have really put you in a little better position. You probably wouldn't have gotten Galladay, but you could have gotten Marvin Jones maybe to pair with Stafford. Yeah, Marvin Jones went a lot later. I, like I said, for me, I, I knew I like it was hard for me to take Galladay. I was it was going to be it was between him, Aaron Jones, and Eckler for me, and I I probably should have gone running back, but I just. In hearing what you guys were talking about, because I know both of you, not necessarily punted wide receiver, but you knew you were attacking them later. My draft was going different in the fact that a lot of wide receivers went in the second round and the beginning of the third that I was like, I I wanted to make sure I got that one guy. Now, had I known Sutton would have fallen to the seventh, I probably would have gone another running back. But at that point, the way wide receivers were going, I was like, man, there's just no way. I was like, I've got to, I wanted to get a one guy that I knew I could trust being in my lineup every week. And so, yeah, I mean, looking back at it, I probably would have gone running back. I should have gone running back knowing I could get like a Cortland Landry double up there in the seventh, eighth, and probably been just as fine and feel comfortable with having like a Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, Ingram stack compared to, to Galladay. But I just, at the time, I was like, man, I want, I'm, as Matt said, I, I'm huge on wide receivers. And so it's hard to, it's hard to get that narrative out of my mind when I'm drafting. Be like, no, I, I need a wide, I need yeah. a wide receiver here. This so that kind, was kind of scoring of and redraft does not benefit our, our dynasty mindset we've been in for the whole yeah. off season. For the last six months? Yeah, for the <laughs> last six. That's, you know, well, that was, I, I think I told you guys when it happened, I was so locked in that I was, that I was going to take Locke because I like his upside and potential. Right after I drafted him, one of the guys in my league DM'd me, and he's like, why'd you take a third quarterback that has the same bye week as your other quarterbacks? Doesn't that defeat the point? And I was like, holy S, I have not – I <laughs> forgot about bye weeks because when you're drafting for Dynasty, you don't you don't care about bye weeks because you're thinking you're having those guys for their career and their bye week's going to change. And then I started 
I was paranoid and I looked and I'm like, oh, I better double check and make sure I didn't like get all the players from the same bye week. I I had a lot of week 11 buys uh, yes. early in my draft. And so there was a point where I was, uh, I, I have four running backs with a week 11 buy. Now, really only three because one of them is the handcuff to Barkley. Gotcha. Um, but I, I ended up having to go and make maybe reach a few spots to fill out my week 11 lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, or make the conscious decision to buy week stack. But uh, I feel like I was able to, to get it around. I'm going to have a, a, a rough week. I'm still not going to have a great team week 11. Uh, if I, if I want to pull out a victory, I'm going to have to hope the other team shits the bed. So The other thing that I forgot in here, which uh, is going to be a real bummer, is uh, the playoffs for Scott Fishbowl start week 13. And I forgot Tampa Bay and New Orleans have buys, so I effectively killed my wide receiver one and running back two for for potential playoffs. Yeah, that's the one bad thing, I guess, for me, is I didn't look at any of that. I just kind of drafted. My my whole thing was, this should be in my first year, I just kind of wanted to to go in and – I just I was just kind of just drafting the the best player that I thought at the time, and I didn't look. I haven't still haven't looked at any bye week, so I don't know how screwed I'm gonna be or not. I didn't look at any of it. I kind of went did my own thing. So. And then did don't that. forget that the the first waiver run is September 9th. September 9th, gotcha. So if, if there's anybody even worth being available, yeah. we'll I guess we'll see. Look, it's going to be a fun experience where, you know, I figure we learn a lot. I, I read a, a lot from people who talked about, hey, my first year I did all these things, you know, because I'd never done something like this, and, and it's really helped me going forward. I'm excited to be in it. I'm excited to be supporting uh, and to see how it goes. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I, you know, I didn't I didn't apply last year. I forgot to do it, and so being able to get in this year I think was is cool. It's something, you know – as a fantasy analyst or even a fan is something I think everybody kind of wants to be in. So getting at least one shot at it, even if it doesn't happen again, is going to be fun. So I'm hoping and SFB I have- 11 signups are open so you can go up yeah. there and, and get your, get yourself on the list for, for next year. Yeah, already. He's wanting to be live drafts and everything. If you haven't seen, which I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for is there's a lot of really great analysts down here in Texas. I'd love to, I'd love to do a live draft with some of those guys, but it, it's definitely going to be a lot of fun. It's definitely worth it. They, he lets a lot of fans in as well. So if you guys aren't necessarily analysts or you're just a fan, you know, don't, don't, you know, I would definitely try. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, and Matt said it, it supports a really good cause. So, all right. Well, that that's going to do it for us today. Obviously, Matt, thanks for, for jumping on here at the back end. You, you didn't miss much. Obviously, you caught the Derrick Henry hate. We just talked about Miles Garrett, and I think that was Chris it. Jones. Yeah, before that. Like, so, I, uh, just listening in my car, I remember it better than. Yeah, well, you know, I don't remember what happened to me five minutes. Like, what were we talking about five minutes ago? Was that my team? Did you guys like it? I already forgot. So. But uh, it's just having these headphones on all the time. It's messing with my brain. Uh, but we will uh, – if you guys watch on YouTube and Twitch, we will be back tomorrow as we're going to break down wide receivers. Uh, for the rest of you, that podcast will drop next week. We appreciate everybody listening. If you have time, please rate and review. Jump into – Dennis, what's the – what's it – I'm going to butcher the name of it again. So what is the – what's the charity league? Oh, the uh, the Hunger Bowl, Gridiron okay. Experts dot com slash hunger dash bowl dash 2020 or seek out Aaron Sopchak on Twitter. 
Yeah, yep, and I'll be uh, on the Music City Drive-In again on Sunday night talking about the films of 2001. All right. I was, I was listening to the 50-year-olds talk about music today at work. It was kind of good, kind of funny. Those guys are hilarious. Yeah, they're talking about lots, lots of pervy music back in 1979. <laughs> I, I think every year. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you again for joining us, and we will talk to you guys again soon. Right on. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your pop on there.